What's up, everybody? Sultan of Strangles is in the house, aka the Kimura King, aka the Ayatollah of Ankle Locks. Um, I, I got a lot of great feedback on my last episode with Cody Steele, so that that kind of um, <clears throat> that gives me an idea. I noticed the episodes that do really well are people that I just want to have a conversation with. Like, there's some episodes where I'm like, you know, this guy's this guy's really popular, has a lot of followers, you know. I think it would be cool to do an episode with him, right? But then there's other people, like, I don't know, 10,000 followers, 20,000, nothing crazy. But I think they're really fucking cool. And I vibe with them, and I end, and those podcasts end up being very, very uh, enjoyable for me. And um, I feel like the listeners pick up on that, and they love it. So I've gotten like unbelievable amounts of feedback from that last episode. And I remember during the episode, I'm like, "Fuck, this is uh, I'm having a great time, man." Like even if it wasn't a podcast, if we were just having coffee, that would have been a great time for me. So. You guys kind of, you guys kind of gave me an idea in like the type of authentic direction that I want to go in. Um, yeah. So this episode is going to be on Immortals Jiu Jitsu one year review. We opened our doors October 18th, 2020. And I wanted to make this episode on October 18th, 2021, but I was in Maryland doing a seminar. I was fighting in the world championships. And right after that was trials. Right after that was going to Austin, uh, to be on a part of a really cool project with flow and training with my team. So finally, you know, it's, it's, what is it? November 29th or something today. I don't know. Uh, I have some free time, you know, uh, sorry, I sound nasally, I freaking have a cold. So I am going to go over Immortals Jiu Jitsu one year review, the things I believe I did right, the things I believe I did wrong, and um, <clears throat> super excited for this episode um, to share with you my journey and following my dream. So sit back, relax, and enjoy. So the number one reason for our success, in my opinion, is the relationship building. Uh, You know, I see a lot of these gym owners, and they're not wrong for this. They talk very much about sales, they talk very much about uh, programs, and they're very money oriented that's totally fine it's totally okay to be money oriented but if that's the sole reason that you are running a gym you will never be successful um and when i say you will never be successful i mean that you you will make a lot of money i know people who have million dollar gyms but they feel empty depressed and just unhappy you know, they have no meaning to their lives, right? Um, me and my business partner, we fucking love our students. Like, we really love our students. Like, 
if we have a student that's going through a hard time, we'll literally get them a job, find them a place to live, uh, help them out, drive them to tournaments, drive them to work, help them get on their feet. And when you do that for somebody, when you do, when you do that for somebody, they will literally go to the end of the world for you. There will be, uh, not that I'm asking for it or that I want it, but they will literally bend over backwards for you. They'll do any, they're forever in debt to you. Um, and that's, that's the one part of my job that I love. Uh, when you, when you look for something in life, um, I remember my instructor, John Danaher told me, uh, if you only seek pleasure in life, you will not get very far. You tell some rich dude that he can't get into the VIP, he'll flash some money, but after a while, he'll, he's going to give up and say, you know what, fuck this. But if you tell someone, you know, you have to fight for the freedom of your people, that, that man will, will go to hell and back. So I, I see a lot of meaning in what I do. I really do love what I do. There are some nights, like on a Friday night where I come and there's only like five people taking class. I will ask myself sometimes, like, dude, what the fuck am I doing here? I should be in Austin or back then Puerto Rico training with the best in the world. What am I doing here? But then on a Monday night when it's packed and everyone's happy to see me and, you know, people are winning tournaments, people are doing better in life. I'm like, fuck, I rem- now I remember now I remember why I'm here. Um, so building a relationship with your students, um, that's more than just a, you know, student teacher relationship. Like I treat my students like family when they win. I'm honestly happier for them than my own wins. When they are competing, I'm, I'm screaming. I'm terrified. We really are like a family. I know it sounds so cliche. Oh, we're more than the gym. But we really freaking are more than a gym. So that, if, if you want to just listen to one segment of this episode, this should be the one segment you really take, take home with you. And forget about just gyms. This is anything in life. Anything in life. Even if you don't like it. Even if you don't like what you're doing, because you're not going to like what you're doing every day. Even if you love painting, some days you got to force yourself to get up and paint. Sometimes you got to force yourself to get up and write. Um, But if you have passion for it, if there is meaning in it, if it's helping people, that's going to give you the push you need uh, to do it. So listen to what I just said and try to apply that to your life. I know a lot of coaches who are very against cross-training. They're like, oh, yeah, you can't go here. You can't go here. And in my mind, I think that is a sign of insecurity and a sign of just no confidence in their own skills. So they're like, what if this guy goes to another gym and sees how much better uh, the other people are, the other coaches, and they're going to stop coming to me? So me, I'm very confident in my skills. My business partner, very confident is in his skills. We both compete regularly. We're both pretty fucking good at jujitsu. So in my mind, I don't think in this area that I'm in, there is a, another school that's as good of a no-gi program as us. So if my students feel there is, 
you go ahead. I will not take any offense to it. Um, so we actually, every Friday, there's a free open mat at a school called uh, AMA Fight Club. It's called Friday Death Session, 12 p.m. I urge my students to go to that. There's up top martial arts on Sundays. I urge my students to go and cross train with other people. I want them to learn from other styles. And my retention rate is pretty good. I haven't lost another, I have not lost a student to another school yet. Um, because I truly believe that I've, I've got the best nogi, um, nogi training where I am in North Jersey. Another thing is a lot of teachers are like, just listen to me, don't listen to anyone else. We pride ourselves on having guest instructors all the time. We have a guest instructor almost once a week, every single week, and it's so much fun. Um, they get to learn from someone new. I get to learn. And make sure when the guest instructor is there, you're not playing like a holier than thou, like, oh, I can't learn anything from this. I'm always asking questions when a guest instructor is there. Um, show that you're there to learn, not just there to be a hot shot. So we have had judo Olympians come in, wrestling Olympians come in, ADCC champions, ADCC medalists, and my students get a lot out of it. I get a lot out of it. The gym gets a lot out of it. I personally think that if every, every gym has uh, professors to come in and teach a class, cross-train guest instructors, everyone's going to benefit. So I think that's another reason for our success. I wouldn't say like, look how humble we are, but look how little of a shit we give um, about just teaching our, our own students. I want It takes our village to raise a kid. So... I'm Kimura's leg locks, body lock passing. My standing passing isn't the best. So, of course, I'll bring in people to teach standing passing. I don't really do judo. We brought a judo Olympian. I'm a decent wrestler, but not as good as freaking the number one guy in Tajikistan. Bring my boy Isfan Dior in. It's been a great time. So, if you're listening to this and you have a gym or you're competing, definitely cross train. There's, there's, there's nothing bad about it. There's nothing uh, creant about it. Do it. One thing that I really pride myself on is that ever since October 18th f until today, we have never been closed. And I mean that like literally. <laughs> um, every single natural disaster that has happened, whatever, flood, power outage, um, hurricane, tornado, blizzard, anything, anything. And I'm not trying to be funny. I'm not trying to exaggerate here. We had a flood where literally all the streets were flooded. You could not get to the gym besides for a couple of ways. I fucking found a way to get there. Sean found a way to get there. Um... And we had class. And every time, every time we have a class during a natural disaster, we have a bunch of people that sign up. This is what usually happens. Some dude's like, that's just as crazy as us. It's like, yeah, you know, my gym was uh, 
It's closed today, and I saw you guys were open, so I thought I'd check it out. They come, they see how hardcore it is, like, you know what? I think this is the place for me, and they sign up. Blizzards. Literally, um, my car is a 4Matic, so um, it's four-wheel drive, and it runs pretty good in the snow. So I literally pick people up in the snow and drive them to the gym. Um, and every blizzard we have, like, two or three people that sign up. We have power outages. We've had so many power. We had like a dozen power outages in the town. What we do, open the, open the bay doors, turn on my car. The lights from my car uh, keep the gym lit up. And we get all our cell phones, light the gym up. We literally have practice in the fucking dark. Um, another thing, holidays. This is not an original idea. This I, this I borrowed from Pure MMA. Um, they always, the, what really got me into no gi jujitsu, what really got me into like serious gi jujitsu and taking jujitsu serious was, um, what was it? Thanksgiving of 2014, I believe it was. Yeah. Thanksgiving of 2014 or maybe... I don't remember, but um, I met Alec Hubin there, someone that really made me take my shit to the next level, and um, there was like 50 people there, and then they had a Christmas open mat, 50 people again, and then they had a New Year's open mat, 70 people, and over the years, it's more and more and more, and, and the last one had like 100 people. So I'm like, this is the best form of marketing. You get people to come to your gym for free. They have a good time. They meet new people. And then they, even if they don't sign up, they're always going to talk good about your gym. So I'm like, fuck it. Let's do it. New Year's, Thanksgiving, Christmas, 4th of July, Memorial Day. We have not been closed on a, once for a holiday. I always capitalize on it. Memorial Day barbecue. Um... Fourth, uh, Fourth of July, we had Craig Jones. Christmas, Thanksgiving, and we always get people to sign up during those days. So take these. <laughs> what I my advice is to gym owners and any business owner: take these, take these, uh, as opportunities. These holidays as opportunities to get more members, um, and I and it's worked for us big time. So that's something that I really pride myself on. And that's something I really attribute my success to. And one thing I learned about running a gym is it is a business. I cannot tell you how many high-level jujitsu guys I see that opened the gym just because they didn't want to get a real job. It's not like they're passionate about teaching or any of that. They're like, hmm, I could go work in an office or... I could teach jujitsu, but then they'll teach jujitsu. They'll do no marketing. They'll leave immediately after class is over. They won't develop a relationship with their students. They won't really get a billing software. They, they don't really have a strategy. The only time they're putting into their business is when they teach. And, um, that's why I see a lot of these 
guys who are good at jujitsu that open businesses just fail. Um, I've seen a lot of guys who suck at jujitsu or horrible at jujitsu. I've seen morbidly obese men open up jujitsu gyms, but they're such good businessmen that the gym becomes extremely successful. Um, so you must treat it like a real job. I spend so many hours a day on the business. I teach. When I teach, I roll with my students. I stay after. I help people. The whole day I'm marketing the school. I'm making calls. I'm calling leads. And um, and and that's that's it. It's part of the grind. And then once you get really good at it, you can start training your students. So when someone comes in, I do an into I do an intro session. Um, I show them the basic positions of jujitsu. What a lot of schools are doing wrong is that they'll take some guy off the street. They'll say, take a class. And then maybe in that class, they're showing reverse De La Hiva to the back. The guy who came off the street doesn't know what the fuck is going on. Even if you throw him in a basic class, he doesn't know what closed guard is. So people come in. I show them what closed guard is. I show them what mount is, what back is, what side control is. By the way, this is not my formula. I learned it from my young Jewish comrade, uh, Frank Rosenthal. Um, he worked for a very successful business, Bronx Martial Arts, and um, this, is, this is from them. So I tried it out, and it works. The, the new guy takes a class. He feels comfortable. Um, and some schools don't let their people roll. I let people roll on the first day. I let people roll on the first day only with higher belts, you know, purple belts, experienced blue belts, and um, so they don't get hurt. And I've been seeing a lot of returns from that. Um, let's say someone says they're not ready to sign up. How many times do you hit them up after that? Some people once. The golden rule from what I've heard from all the martial arts forums is three times. You want to hit them up three times. And then um, that will bring you that if they say no the third time, then back off. But you want to go three separate times. Um, and again, I hate to be a broken record. Running a gym is a job. I love it, but it's still a job. You cannot slack off. You can't show up and be not motivated. You can't show up and be mopey. Um, my lesson plans are one week in advance. I have a Google Docs. I plan everything one week in advance, every technique. And um, that, that, so when I go to class, um, my students know that I studied. One thing I see a lot, um, so sad, I won't name the school, but I would go, the instructor would come in, clearly just didn't want to be there, clearly just not into it he's like takes a deep sigh and looks at us what do you want to learn today and someone will shout something out and i'll do some fucking ad hoc lesson i just have so many bad memories of that and i'm like this is not what i want for my gym this is the opposite of what i want so thank god my gym has become the opposite and my students even the white belts are very competent. They're very good. I'm super proud of them. Um, December, what was it, three days ago? Um, four, no, I'm sorry, close to a week ago, 
we had our promotion ceremony and uh, we gave two people blue belts. I'm super proud of them. They're really good. They've competed in grappling industries, um, other tournaments, and they won the beginner and intermediate divisions. So they made us very proud. Um, so that's my tip. It's still a job. <clears throat> One of the main reasons why the gym's doing well is because of social media. I try to post every single day, both on my personal account and on the gym Instagram account. But problem is that it's a double-edged sword. You know, you spend too, too much time looking into a screen, you will become a zombie uh, it definitely does cause depression. Um, it definitely is a literal addiction because when you get likes and stuff on your Instagram, on your Facebook, like your brain literally releases dopamine. But those likes and all that nonsense is, is not a real accomplishment. So you're getting the high of a real accomplishment by not actually accomplishing anything. And that is so dangerous. Um, it could, it could lead you down a really bad path. So, you know, when I try to limit my screen time, I'm like, well, this is going to hurt my business because I need to post, I need to post stories. I need to interact with people. So I'm still trying to find that. I'm still trying to find the happy medium. <clears throat> Can I just post and turn my phone off, go on airplane mode? No, because I'm going to post Someone's going to see it. They're going to message me. Hey, I'd like to come in this week. If my phone's off, I don't reply to that guy. In that time, that person might find another gym. That person might forget, you know. One thing I really pride myself on uh, is getting back to people quick. Message me, I message you back. Um, and when you don't do that anymore, you're going to lose clients. So I'm still trying to find the happy medium between responding social media etc and my mental health and i will admit that the social media is definitely winning i want to try to do it less but <clears throat> don't really know how to do it without still remaining successful in advertising and whatnot i don't want to hire someone else because you know the whole selling point is the personality me you know we offer a specific service and I don't feel if I pay someone to run the social media that they could convey that, you know? So we'll see what happens with that. Just to reiterate <clears throat> some things I said in my other episodes, it's, um, you know, when they first saw two purple belts opening a gym, they're like, what the hell are you guys doing? You're not black belts. And I said, just watch me, just watch me, bro. And I, and I wanted to ask, you know, for, for, for you listeners out there, would you rather train under a black belt who got his black belt by just participating in class and rolling? Or would you rather learn from a veteran purple belt who competes every month? Just, just my opinion, I would, I would prefer to compete under the veteran purple belt because a lot of the moves are going to be applicable. They're not going to be theoretical, you know. Um, <clears throat> another thing is the fact that we are a no-gi school. 
Um, I don't know why. I really don't know why most jujitsu schools are only gi and maybe one day of no gi. Um, like for self-defense, when are you going to walk outside and someone's wearing a gi? People say, oh, sweatshirts. It's not the same as a gi, man. Um, people will say that it's more traditional. Well, do you want to be traditional or do you want to learn how to fight? You know, more applicable to people who want to do MMA because it's much more similar to MMA, that there's no grips. Um, and it's just more fun. It's fast, fast-paced, um, explosive. Um, you can't really stall that much. The gi, I get it, it's technical. You could slow the game down, but it's not for everyone. And I've offered a niche market for those who don't want to train in the gi. And I feel like that's really helped us big time. <clears throat> One thing that definitely caught me off guard that hurt me a little bit. Um, when you, when I read the book, Gym Launch Secrets, um, written by Alex Hormozzi, he talks about something called churn, which is every month you might get 10 students, you're going to lose two students. Next month you get 20 students, you might lose five students. And this is normal. It is totally normal. When I started, in my mind, because I never owned a gym before, I'm like, oh, okay, I have 10 members. Next month's going to be 20, then 30, then 40. And it's just going to be an upward slope because everybody loves jujitsu and who would want to quit this? Then I see we gain 10, we lose three. We gain 15, we lose five. And that's going to happen. Jujitsu is not for everybody. It's not the time. They can, a lot of people don't want to put the time. It might be too hard. People might don't want touching other people. I get it. But I wish I went into it expecting that. I did not. I just went into it thinking it was going to be only positive. Now, <clears throat> the one part that really, really hurt me is when you invest in someone a lot and then they either quit or they don't train as much. When I first started at Henzo's, I don't think John knew my name for the first two years I was there. And at first I'm like, what an asshole. But then after a while, I realized, like, why as an instructor, especially a world-class instructor, would he want to put any time or invest any time into someone unless he knows that they are dedicated? And for him, he's in the he's been in the business for two years. I'm sorry, 25 years. So you got to put your time in before he gives you his time, you know? And me being the super motivated, super happy gym owner, I'm like, someone walks in, I want to be a world champion. I took them seriously right away. I'm like, we got you. I'm going to make you a lifting program. I'm going to keep you accountable. And I did. And they would drop. Um, so it made me realize that for me to take people seriously, I need to see them come in every day for a while. And then I'll start taking them under my wing, you know, because at the end of the day, you put so much time into someone. You could have put it, you could have been putting that time into other students who are dedicated. You could have been putting that time into other things that will help your life, you know, 
now that is just time wasted. And that definitely hurts. Um, what hurts the most is <clears throat> not when the new guy leaves, but when the guy who is really good, has a lot of potential, is not does not live up to it. When you see them start making TikTok videos at LA Fitness or and they're just not coming in and you see them at the gym at the same time as jujitsu, you're like, fuck, this guy fell off. As a gym owner, you need to just hit him up. Where you been? How you been? You coming in? And it's gonna it's gonna make their life better, it's gonna make your life better, it's gonna make everyone's life better. So there you have it, guys. <clears throat> Not only um am I so grateful for you guys <clears throat> for helping the gym grow. I'm so grateful for you guys for helping the podcast grow. We are close to ten thousand listens. Never in a million years did I think that I would reach that level. It's truly mind blowing. Um I cannot believe the amount of people that have followed, shared, given given me a good rating. I just did this for fun and um now it's start I mean, still haven't made real money, but it uh it, it it's pretty cool that to have this much listens. Um thanks again and before you go before you go back to what you were doing, make sure to follow me at K O O L R A K at Immortals Jiu-Jitsu, at Rambling with Rack. Check out the website, immortalsjujitsu.com. Thank you once again for your support, guys. Uh, looking forward to seeing you guys in the next episode.